0: Appendix of A Key to Uncle Tom's Cabin by Harriet Beecher Stowe. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by William Jones. Appendix Facts versus Figures, or the nine arab brothers being a new arabian night's entertainment it is a favorite maxim that figures cannot lie we are loath to assail the time-honored reputation for veracity of this ancient and most respectable race there may have been days of pastoral innocence and primitive simplicity when they did not lie when abraham set contemplatively in his tent-door with nothing to do all the long day but compose psalms and pious meditations it is likely that he had implicit faith in this maxim and never thought of questioning the statistical tables of eleazar of damascus with regard to the number of camels asses sheep oxen and goats which illustrated the prairie for he was for the time being encamped. Alas for those good old days! Figures did not lie then, we freely admit, but we are sadly afraid, from their behavior in recent ages, that this arose from no native innocence of disposition, but simply from want of occasion and opportunity. In those days they were young and green, and had not learned what they could do. The first inventor who commenced making a numeration table with the artless primeval machine of his toes and fingers had, like other great inventors, very little idea of what he was doing. And what would be the mighty uses of these very simple characters when men got to having republican governments and elections and discussions of all sorts of unheard-of questions in politics and morals? and to electioneering among these poor simple arab herdsmen the nine digits for their votes on all these complicated subjects no wonder that the figures have had their heads turned such unprecedented power and popularity is enough to turn any yet we are sorry to speak ill of them but really we must say that like many of our political men they have been found on all sides of every subject to an extent that is really very confusing of course there is no doubt of their veracity somewhere the only problem being on which side and where is any great measure to be carried nowadays of course these statistics cut and dried in regular columns on both sides of the question contradict each other point-blank as two opposite canons, and each party marshals behind them firing them off with infinite alacrity but with no particular effect except the bewilderment of the few old-fashioned people who like mr pickwick at the review stand on the middle ground if that most respectable female person mrs partington who like most unsophisticated old ladies is a most vehement and uncompromising abolitionist could only hear the statistics that are to be shown up in favor of slavery she would take off her spectacles and wipe her eyes in pious joy and think that the millennium and nothing less had come upon earth such statistics they are about the woe and want and agony and heathenish darkness of africa which by that eminent foreign missionary operation the slave trade have been turned into light and joy in thanksgiving. Here she has them, in round figures. She only needs to put on her spectacles and look. Here, ma'am, you have it, says the illustrator. Look on this side of the column. Here are three hundred million heathen. Don't spare the figures. Down in Africa, sunk in heathenism. Never heard the sound of the gospel actually eating each other alive now turn to this side of the column and here they all are over in america clothed and in their right mind going to church with their masters and finding the hymns in their own hymn books now ma'am can you doubt the beneficial results of the slave trade but mrs partington has heard something about the middle passage which she thought was horrid by no means dear madam says the illustrator whisking over his papers i have that all in figures average of deaths in the first cargoes twenty five percent large average certainly they didn't manage the business exactly right but then the rate of increase in a christian country averages twenty five percent over what it would have been in africa Now, Mrs. Partington, if these had been left in Africa, they would have been all heathen. By getting them over here, you have just as many and all Christians to boot. Because, you see, the excess of increase balances the percentage of loss, and we make no deduction for interest in those cases. Now, as Mrs. Partington did not know with very great clearness, what percentage and average mean and as mental philosophers have demonstrated that we are always powerfully affected by the unknown she is all the more impressed with this reasoning on that account being one of the simple old-fashioned people we have not yet gotten over the impression that figures cannot lie well now really she says strange what these figures will do i always thought the slave trade was monstrous wicked but it really seems to be quite a missionary work the fact is that these nomadic arabs the digits are making a very unfair use among us of the family reputation gotten up during the palmy days of their innocence when they were a breezy contemplatively unsophisticated race of shepherds and to use an american elegance of expression had not yet cut their eye-teeth all that remains of the oriental origin in this country seems to be a characteristic turn for romancing not an addition of slave territory has been made to the united states wherein these same arab brothers have not with grave faces been brought in as witnesses to swear by the honor of the family that it was absolutely essential for the best interest of the African race, that there should be more slavery and more slave territory. To be sure, it was for the pecuniary gain of the American race, but that was not the point insisted on. Oh, no, we are always very glad when our interest coincides with that of the African race, but the extension of slavery is not to be considered in that light principally. It is entirely a system of Christian education and evangelization of one race by another. Left to himself, quashi goes right back to heathenism. His very body deteriorates. He becomes idiotic, insane, deaf, dumb, blind. Everything that can be thought of. Is this an actual fact? asked some incredulous congressman as innocent as mrs partington oh yeah for only look here are these statistics just see here in the town of kittery in maine are twenty seven insane and idiotic black people and down there in the town of dittery south carolina not a single one some simple-minded kittery man who overhears this conversation in the lobby perhaps opens his eyes and reflects with wonder that he never knew that there were so many black people in town but the congressman shows it to him in the census and he concludes to look for them when he goes home as figures cannot lie on the census of eighteen forty conclusions innumerable as to the capacity of the colored race to subsist in freedom have been based it has been the very beetle sledgehammer and broad axe when all other means fail the objector with a triumphant flourish exclaims there sir what do you think of the census of eighteen forty you see sir the thing's been tried and it's no go we poor common folks cannot tell what to think some of us suppose that we know that there were more insane and idiotic variously dilapidated negroes reported in certain states than their entire negro population but of course as it's down in the census and as figures never lie we must believe our own eyes we can only say what some people have thought that most inconvenient and pertinacious man john quincy adams made a good deal of trouble in congress about this same matter at no less than five different times did this very persistent old gentleman rise in congress with the statement that the returns of the census had been notoriously and grossly falsified in this respect and that he was prepared if leave were given to present before the house the most complete direct and overwhelming evidence to this effect. The following is an account of Mr. Adams' endeavors on this subject, collected from the Congressional Globe and Niles Register. 28th Congress of the United States, House of Representatives, February twenty-sixth, 1844. Mr. Adams, on leave, offered the following resolution. Resolved that the secretary of state be directed to inform this house whether any gross errors have been discovered in the sixth census or enumeration of the inhabitants of the united states as corrected by the department of state in eighteen forty one and if so how these errors originated what they are and what if any measures have been taken to rectify them house of representatives may 6th 1844 the journal having been read mr adams moved a correction of the same by striking out from the communication of the secretary of state in answer to a resolution of this house inquiring whether any gross errors had been discovered in the printing of the sixth census as copying upon the journal the following words that no such errors had been discovered mr adams accompanied his motion with some remarks it could not possibly mr adams said be a correct representation as very gross errors had been discovered as he intended and would pledge himself to show he said they referred to the number of insane blind and so forth among the colored population this had been made the subject of a pamphlet on the annexation of texas and of a speech by a gentleman from mississippi mr hammett which had been refuted on this floor the united states were at this time placed in a condition very little short of war with great britain as well as mexico on the foundation of these very errors it was important therefore that the true state of facts should be made to appear the speaker remarked that whether errors existed or not would be a matter of investigation in the opinion of the chair there was no error of the journal because it contained only a faithful transcript of the communication made by the secretary of state mr adams persisted in his motion it was he said the most extraordinary communication ever made from the state department he would pledge himself to produce documents to prove that gross errors did exist he would produce such proof as no man would be able to contradict the house refused to amend the journal house of representatives may sixteenth eighteen forty four mr adams was to present a memorial from certain citizens in relation to errors which they said have been committed in compiling and printing the last census of the united states objections being made he moved to suspend the rules for the purpose of offering the resolution and moving to refer it to a committee of five members the yeas and nays were ordered and being taken the rules were not suspended I's ninety-six nays forty-nine less than two-thirds voting in the affirmative house of representatives december tenth eighteen forty-four Mr. Adams presented a petition from the American Statistical Society in relation to certain errors in the last or sixth census. Mr. Adams said a petition on this subject at the last session was referred to a select committee, and he hoped this petition would take the same direction. He moved the appointment of a select committee of nine members and that the memorial be printed. The Speaker announced that a majority had decided in favor of a select committee. The motion to print was laid on the table. House of Representatives, December 13, 1844. The following is the select committee appointed on the motion of Mr. Adams to consider the petition from the American Statistical Society in relation to the errors in the Sixth Census. Messrs. Adams, Rhett, Rayner, Stiles, McClay, Bringle, Foster, Shepherd, Carey, and Caleb B. Smith. This was the end of the affair in Congress. The false returns stand to this day in the statistical tables of the census. To convince all cavillers of the unfitness of the Negro for freedom, that the reader may know what kind of evidence Mr. Adams had, with which to sustain his allegations, we append as a specimen an extract from the American Almanac for 1845, page 156. The American Statistical Association, established in Boston, Massachusetts, sent a memorial to Congress during the past winter, drawn up by Messrs. William Brigham, Edward Jarvis, and J. W. Thornton in which though they confined their investigation to the reports respecting education and nosology they exposed an extraordinary mass of errors in the census we can find room for only a few extracts from this memorial the most glaring and remarkable errors are found in the statements respecting nosology the prevalence of insanity blindness deafness and dumbness among the people of this nation the undersigned have compared these statements with information obtained from other more reliable sources and have found them widely varying from the truth and more than all they have compared the statements in one part of the census with those in another part and have found most extraordinary discrepancies they have also examined the original manuscript copy of the census deposited by the marshal of the district of massachusetts in the clerk's office in boston and have compared this with the printed edition of both blair and rives and thomas allen and found hereto a variance of statements your memorialists are aware that some of these errors in respect to massachusetts and perhaps also in respect to other states were committed by the marshals mr william h williams deputy marshal states that there were one hundred and thirty-three colored pauper lunatics in the family of samuel b woodward in the town of worcester but on another page he states that there are no colored persons in said woodward's family mr Benali blood deputy marshal states on one page that there were fourteen colored pauper lunatics and two colored lunatics who were supported at private charge in the family of charles e parker in the town of Pepperell, while on another page he states that there are no colored persons in the family of said parker mr william m Paxson states on one page that there are in the family of jacob cushman in the town of plimpton four pauper colored lunatics and one colored blind person while on another page he states that there are no colored persons in the family of said Cushman. But, on comparing the manuscript copy of the census at Boston with the printed edition of Blair and Rives, the undersigned are convinced that a large portion of the errors were made by the printers, and that hardly any of the errors of the original document are left out the original document finds the colored insane in twenty-nine towns while the printed edition of Blair and Rives places them in thirty-five towns and each makes them more than tenfold greater than the state returns in regard to the paupers and one edition has given twenty and the other twenty-seven self-supporting lunatics in towns in which according to private inquiry None are to be found. According to the original and manuscript copy of the census, there were in Massachusetts ten deaf and dumb and eight blind colored persons, whereas the printed editions of the same document multiply them into seventeen of the former and twenty-two of the latter class of unfortunates. The printed copy of the census declares that there were in the towns of Hingham and Situate nineteen colored persons who were deaf and dumb blind or insane on the other hand the undersigned are informed by the overseers of the poor and the assessors who have cognizance of every pauper and taxpayer in the town that in the last twelve years no such deceased persons have lived in the town of situate and they have equally certain proof that none such have lived in hingham moreover the deputy marshals neither found nor made record of such persons the undersigned have carefully compared the number of colored insane and idiots and of the deaf and dumb and blind with the whole number of the colored population as stated in the printed edition of the census in every city town and county of the united states and have found the extraordinary contradictions and improbabilities that are shown in the following tables. The errors of these census are as certain, if not as manifest, in regard to the insanity among the whites as among the colored people. Wherever your memorialists have been able to compare the census with the results of the investigations of the state governments, of individuals or societies, they have found that the national enumeration has fallen far short of the more probable amount. According to the census, there were in Massachusetts 627 lunatics and idiots supported at public charge. According to the returns of the overseers of the poor, there were 827 of this class of paupers. The superintendents of the poor of the state of New York report 1,058 pauper lunatics within the state. The census reports only 739. The government of New Jersey reports 701 in that state. The census discovers only 442. The Medical Society of Connecticut discovered twice as many lunatics as the census within that state. A similar discrepancy was found in eastern Pennsylvania and also in some counties in Virginia your memorialists deem it needless to go further into detail in this matter suffice it to say that these are but specimens of the errors that are to be found in the sixth census in regard to nosology and education and they suspect also in regard to other matters therein reported in view of these facts the undersigned in behalf of said association conceive that such documents ought not to have the sanction of congress nor ought they to be regarded as containing true statements relative to the condition of the people and the resources of the united states they believe it would have been far better to have had no census at all than such as one as has been published and they respectfully request your honorable body to take such order thereupon And to adopt such measures for the correction of the same, or if the same cannot be corrected, for discarding and disowning the same, as the good of the country shall require, and as justice and humanity shall demand. We have room for the tables for only three of the states. We will caution the reader not to skip this statistical table, as he probably never saw one like it before. There is a table for Maine that lists towns in Maine, and then a column for the total number of colored inhabitants and one for colored insane. The first column for the state of Maine has a total of only five such individuals, five colored inhabitants. The colored insane shows 37. So, of a total of five colored inhabitants, thirty-seven of them are insane in new hampshire it's similar the column for the total number of colored inhabitants amounts to two the column of insane inhabitants is fourteen in massachusetts similarly there are thirteen towns listed with a total of one hundred sixty total inhabitants of colored people With 155 of them being counted as insane. Every fable, allegory, and romance must have its moral. The moral of this ought to be deeply considered by the American people. In order to gain capital for the extension of slave territory, the most important statistical document of the United States has been boldly, grossly, and perseveringly falsified and stands falsified to this day query if state documents are falsified in support of slavery what confidence can be placed in any representations that are made upon the subject end of appendix recording by william jones this is also the end of a key to uncle tom's cabin by harriet beecher stowe